Welcome to Tenet Men. Welcome to Tenet Men. I am your host, Steve, and I am joined by Kevin, and together we are doing a complete and methodical review of the Christopher Nolan 2020 epic high-concept time travel film, Tenet. We are doing our own uh, minute-by-minute analysis and conducting our own temporal pincer movement. I am on the red team moving forward, and Kevin is on the blue team moving backwards through the film. Kevin, how are you? Ah, I'm good. I'm ready to go on this minute. <laughs> That's <clears throat> love the enthusiasm. Yeah, I, I'm a little uh, confused by music. I, I've been really trying to deep dive into the music, but like starting from the end is very hard to pinpoint what uh, parts of the soundtrack I'm listening to. Because <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm pretty sure they're inverted soundtracks I'm listening to at points. <laughs> because I can't a, figure it's out. It's not which a simple soundtrack. It's not a no. simple soundtrack. Yeah. All right. Well, I can't wait to hear. Uh, I can't wait to hear your minute. Uh, my <laughs> my minute again, like last week, is a little uneventful. There's a, there's a couple open questions I have that uh, I'm excited to dig into, but let's just let's just jump into it. Yes. So my minute uh, is twelve twenty one to thirteen twenty one. So that's minute minute twelve to minute thirteen twenty one seconds. Uh, last week we were inside the windmill, the wind turbine, and in the middle of the ocean or sea, wherever. I'm not even sure where we are actually in the world. Um, <laughs> yeah, it just, it, in the script, it just says Europe. Yeah, yeah, well, the whole movie's <laughs> in Europe. Um, so yeah, my minute starts, oh, I've misplaced my notes. Here they are. So yeah, uh, 1221, we are, we're getting dressed to leave the turbine. If you remember from the previous minute, there was like a, we're awoken by a, by a, by a horn from a ship. The protagonist wakes up, gets dressed, puts on that orange vest, um, he opens the door, and there's a boat at the turbine, and there's a crew. This is weird, right? Because like he's like, I think the idea is like, oh, he could just blend right in. But like, mm-hmm. wouldn't people like getting off the ship and like a guy coming out? Wouldn't they be like, hey, wait, what? What was he doing there? <laughs> I, I think there are people infiltrated in that crew okay that's well, the and yes. the script backs that up yeah there's and there's there's some evidence to back that up too yeah. in uh, just a couple minutes or a couple mm-hmm. seconds here actually so anyway he he kind of mixes in he you know he's he looks the part with his orange vest and uh, gets on the boat the boat pulls away um it takes almost 20 seconds so we're at 12 38 <laughs> <laughs> it is amazing how fast <laughs> they can move in a minute because there's so much that happens in this movie you know they're not drawing out how he gets from point a to point b (laughs) no no not at all not at all um so then we're, we're at the dock it's actually a really interesting shot uh which i didn't really pay attention to until you know rewatching my minute for this for the for the show here but like it's uh it's like a shot from like the ground like looking mm-hmm. like long ways at the dock. I don't know. It was just like really interesting. Like it looked like the camera was on the floor, right? Which is kind of an interesting shot. Yeah, and that's the thing is that it's they're get moving him from place to place, but they're not telling you how. They're showing you how. Like so, they're showing you the boat 
and, you know, they're showing you what, what, you know, how he gets there quickly without anybody explaining it. Right. Right. Um, which actually happens right here too. So he, uh, he, we're at the dock, we get that weird shot and then he's walking towards, or he's walking with a whole bunch of other people. There's a random car <laughs> parked at the dock. A guy gets out, right? Leaves the the driver door open and the protagonist just slips right in. <laughs> and my initial thought was like, wait a second, like, is he stealing this car or did this guy give him the car? Right. Um, and then the question's answered immediately because there's a, a pre-programmed destination in the nav system. So it's like, oh, okay. So this was, this was set up. He was supposed okay. to get into this car. Yeah, can, can I read you the part from this, the, the Please. stage yeah. direction? Yes. Okay. So it, uh, <clears throat> uh, the stage direction is um, exit European port day protagonist disembarks with the rest of the windmill farm crew. As they file past a car, the driver, also in high vis, steps out into line, leaving the door open, engine running. The protagonist gets in. The GPS is already set. <laughs> there you Smooth. Go. <laughs> Smooth. <laughs> Smooth. That's all I wrote was for my notes. <laughs> it is. It is very smooth. I, I also love that the guy who gets out is a white man. <laughs> <laughs> and he's yeah. like, it's like the two are taking place, <laughs> taking each other's place really quickly. Uh, that's funny. Yeah. That is really funny. Um, all right. So, uh, you know, that guy is obviously, he's someone, but whatever. We can't question everything. Um, so then we we get to our destination. We're outside of a building. We're still wearing the orange vest, and now he has a clip a clipboard. Mm-hmm. Um, Thirteen oh one. We're down to the last twenty seconds in this minute. Um, we are standing outside of a door. B hyphen two. Can can I can I pause right there to read this stage direction because this is omitted from the film. Oh please. And I think you'll like this. Um, so this is the stage direction right after what I just read. Interior, lobby, office complex, continuous. Protagonist moves through the lobby unimpeded, checking the tenant listing he sees, quote, windmill farm transition, dash, B, dash, two. And then the next stage direction, interior, corridor, continuous. The protagonist walks up to B, dash, two. I'm glad they omitted that. You know why? (laughs) Oh, Why? Because there's so many clips of people walking down hallways in this movie. <laughs> like the last thing we need is another one. I, I do love that idea that they just on the on the list of all the people in the building, they put windmill transition. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like it's it's almost like Tenet is writing a script for the protagonist. <laughs> right? So it's, it's like literal and figurative. <laughs> it's it's like they wrote a screen direction on the <laughs> on the billboard of the building or on the lobby of the building that's um, too much that's i wonder much. if there's going to be more of that as i read through uh, <laughs> it's a movie within a movie that's very meta yeah i don't know is there, is there a significance to b2 or is that just random oh that's uh, well uh, i wonder if there's like a script thing to it like b like well they're both the second integer in a continuous the alphabet alphanumeric Mm. so is this saying we're in act two is this the beginning of act two wow okay it feels like the beginning of act two right it's a new yeah i mean it is right we had that crazy opening and now 
Yeah, yeah, and then the epilogue to the opening would be him going into the windmill, and now he's transitioning into the second act of the movie. Oh, mm. oh. let's keep an eye out for th- threes coming up <laughs> in the next. Uh, well, for the podcast, it'll be about thirty episodes. <laughs> I like that though. That's a that's a that's good. The B two is also the the bomber, but I don't imagine oh. any significance to that. Right? Like, or I don't know. Right? It I don't. Th- yeah, I think it's if anything, it's the scripting or something similar to that. I would also love a tenant TV show about the tenant organization where they're sitting there like a bunch of guys in a room just spitballing going all right we need to get him from the docks to the office building how do we do that ideas people ideas (laughs) a billboard a billboard that would be great now anybody got any other ideas (laughs) no (laughs) they're writing out the script Um, I mean, that's hilarious. <laughs> I would watch that. <laughs> it's very Westworld, which is done by Nolan's brother. That's right. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That happens a lot in Westworld. <laughs> um, all right. Getting back to the okay, sorry. So yeah, we're, at, we're standing at door B2. He's kind of like frozen there, but then a voice from behind uh, with the high vis vest and a clipboard, you can get almost anywhere. Uh, and I think there's a lot of truth to that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely. If you look the part, you can get to places where you're not supposed to be. Um, what is this place, by the way? Do we know? Or I guess we can ask that in a minute or my next my next minute next week. But like, I, it's I, a bland suburban office park. I actually, for whatever reason, um, up until like rewatching it for the podcast, uh, I thought it was like a university. Like I thought she was a professor or something, but. Uh, I guess it not being a school makes more sense, but may, I don't know. For some reason, I just thought Christopher Nolan, this must be like a college or something. Maybe I was thinking Inception. Huh. Cause Michael Caine is like a professor in Inception. Oh yeah. Um, anyway, so she says that and then, uh, and then, oh yeah, she's got like, I like the stuff she's carrying by the way. She has like, some <laughs> snacks and a, and a kettle, like a hot water kettle. Um, Cause like, that's, 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 that's realistic. Yeah. <laughs> um, British accent, right? Quasi... I don't think so. It's a, it's a, I feel like it's an Eastern European accent or oh, something. Oh, interesting. Um, I'm not, I don't have an ear for accents. I have to admit. <laughs> she, he says almost, and then he does have like his fingers interlocked, but like towards like his waist. So like not yeah. very prominent. <laughs> and then he says uh, an obscure tenet. Uh, which is it. That's the key. <laughs> He's an insider. Uh, so she lets him in. She uses her key card to open the door. Uh, and this brings us to 1321. She says, no small talk. Not great dialogue. I don't love that. <laughs> it's like she obviously like she wants to get down to business. So she says, no small talk. But it's like, you don't really need to say that. No one really says that. Uh, but anyway, well, that's where my minute ends. Uh, okay. Well, there, there's more to that in the script. I don't know if i watched that far on my minute but there's uh, more more to no small talk part. nothing that might reveal who we are or what we do yeah yeah she says that in, so, in, in the next minute so i think that even goes to why the guy leaving the car doesn't talk to him why these people don't people in tenant don't interact because they if they to know something is to reveal something to the future so they they mm-hmm. all have their own parts to play, they play those parts without getting connected to each other. Okay. 
Okay, that makes more sense than let's just keep humanity out of all of these relationships. <laughs> I, I've also, in diving into fan theories, just to plant a seed maybe in your next couple minutes, Please. I've seen people suggest the fact that this woman might be pregnant, which just leads to a bunch of fan theories. But <laughs> I don't really know what value that has to offer. The only thing uh, that comes to mind with her that might be relevant later in the movie is uh, Priya, right? She talks mm -hmm. about how, you know, a scientist invents Tenet in the future. Like, is it is, is she the scientist in the that, future that invents it? Or her child. Uh, her, her offspring. Her offspring, who she may or may not be pregnant with. I don't know. I, I'd have to watch closely. I'm just letting you know in case you see clues feature on later on in the okay. future minutes with her. I mean, uh, she's, drinking, again... she's drinking tea, right? I'll have to take a look at the snacks, right? Is she eating, like, you know, pregnant, pregnant safe snacks? <laughs> like, or just a snacking at work is a sign of, I, I know, like it's written by a man. So you have to figure, <laughs> how do you show? So, okay, writer's room, how do we show she's pregnant? Eating pickles and ice cream. Great, pickles and ice cream. <laughs> Anybody else um, have any other ideas? <laughs> a, a man uh, not known for creating strong female parts, by the way. <laughs> no. <laughs> And he does not have a writer's room. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I want that show on, on HBO now. <laughs> like the uh, Christopher Nolan's writing room. I think it's Westworld. It's <laughs> Maybe. That's, it's his brother and who's, is it his wife that's also a part of that know. or a producer maybe? That show, that show devolved quickly after season one. I still like it. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to watch it, but like it's, it has not been as good as it was in season one. Uh, I don't know. I like this last season. Oh God. This season's <laughs> horrible. The last what? season was really bad. No. Really bad. Yeah. Really they go bad. With, the, with, the, with breaking bad kid edition. Yeah. You didn't like him. I like Jesse Pinkman. He has a real name, <laughs> but like the Aaron, story. Aaron, Aaron, something yeah it is aaron, uh, aaron paul maybe listen um no it's not good let's not it's discuss it now let's not discuss this now <laughs> uh, uh oh that episode where he's on the drugs that make him see different movie genres that's cool that I is mean, that's fine that's fine <laughs> Just, like the the story though like the overall like story of it of, of the, where the show is gone is just horrible hmm disagree yeah okay right. <laughs> <laughs> that's the end of my minute uh, okay so blue team i think i think you're up oh hold on, let me make sure i didn't have any other notes there uh yeah no no that's that's it that's it yeah all right <laughs> blue team commence blue team go we got a real blue team go moment on here too um all right so to set the scene uh where we were last week um we or the two weeks ago in podcast world um we saw the end of the phone call with Seder and the protagonist we're still in that phone call in the midst of that conversation um last uh, episode we talked about how it devolved into a conversation on theology and god um now we're backing away from that conversation um uh, or that uh, topic in the conversation and they're just talking about the mechanics of what Seder's actually doing uh, again, the protagonist is on the phone with him trying to talk him off the ledge. 
um, Volkov is putting the algorithm together to drop down the well. Um, the cat is behind Seder, staring at the boat, waiting for the the signal that she can kill him. Um, and uh, we also got Neil running around doing Neil stuff. Uh, and Ives is on the ground, uh, pissing his pants or something. I don't know. <laughs> He's out of the picture right now. Okay. Sater says, he loves the sunshine. He's talking about the sunshine a lot. Sater says, the same sunshine we've basked in will warm the faces of our descendants generations from now. Um, at this, cat is like, Who, what is this conversation? She looks off at the boat, waiting. She's like, when can I kill this guy already? Uh, she's um, uh, throwing some water on top of the sunscreen that she spilled to make it a little bit more slippery. Uh, the protagonist says, how can they? They want to destroy us? Speaking about the people in the future. How, how can they you know, co- you know, uh, continue to have the, the sun warm their faces if they want to kill us? Uh, Seder counters, because their oceans rose, their rivers ran dry. Don't you see? Their world is shriveled because of us. They have no choice but to turn back. And then at this, we cut over uh, to Neil, who is exiting the, um, exiting and entering the turnstile at this moment. Um, uh, And this is the moment, uh, if you're watching the movie forwards, you've been uh, uh, watching the reverse Neil's perspective or inverted Neil's perspective. uh, And now you switch over, you're with, uh, forward moving Neil. So you see you're with Neil as he walks out of the turnstile moving forward in time, but at the same time also the other Neil is backwards walking out of the turnstile. This is where two <laughs> additional Neils enter the world, right? Because at this point in time there's four Neils, I think we've, oh, we've determined. The, in the in <laughs> I'm so like locked into the Stalask <laughs> scene. <laughs> Five or, Neils. There's at least five Neils, right? Yeah, because up to because in the way the turnstile works, he actually sees the other Neil that he's going to become, right? Walking backwards into the turnstile, like the proofing uh, mirror. Uh, but that's not in this minute. We just see again. It's like selectively what he's showing you. We just see the two people jump out of the uh, the turnstile. And we know what's happened. Um, and then he he goes to find. He finds a truck. He starts hot wiring it. Um. Uh, and then he drives off. And we go, cut back to Seder's conversation. And he says to the protagonist, knowing this, do you still want me to stop? As in, do you still want me to not bury the algorithm so that somebody in the future can set it off? Right. Yeah. And the protagonist actually thinks, thinks for a second. And he commits and he says, Yes. Each generation looks out for its own. I like that line. Yeah, I give I give this I give this movie a lot of a lot of crap for its bad dialogue, <laughs> but I do I like that line. And and the acting because like uh, um, John uh, John David Washington. Yes. Okay. I, I always stumble on his name <laughs> because I want to say John Kerry Washington. <laughs> That's which so which is wrong with that it, yes it's it's because carrie washington is an actress and i looked her up she's not related to denzel or him 
and John and John Kerry is a senator who ran for <laughs> yes who, who ran for the presidency and lost. Yes. Uh, so it's a combination of those two people who have nothing to do with each other. Um. So John David Washington is doing a great job acting through the gas mask, you know, to show that he is. <laughs> He, he thinks about it and he goes, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I'm committed to this. <laughs> I'm, I'm committed to humanity. <laughs> I'm committed to saving the world. Um, and then Seder counters and says, well, that's exactly what you're doing. Oh, I'm sorry. He says, that's exactly what they are doing. Uh, each also, generation will have for its own survival. Well, that's exactly what the people in the future are doing. They're looking out for their own uh, survival. There's nothing left for them. Uh, all very interesting, actually, when you sit down and think about it. And the protagonist counters, sure, but not you. You're a traitor, bringing death to all because you have no life of your own. No life of your own left. You know, he's taking us all out. He's a traitor to his own generation, his own time. And Seder counters, when I'm done, life continues. The protagonist counters. We're cutting back and forth with, you know, uh, the protagonist staring at Volkov, uh, preparing the algorithm. Is Volkov on a suicide mission? Seems like it. I guess. Or maybe he just doesn't know, right? Knowledge divided on the the antagonist side, too. It's hard to know what all these henchmen are aware of and not aware of. (laughs) Right. He he is like the epitome of a hired goon. I don't know. I I, I, I just... Never speaks. Yeah. Yeah. Like low intelligence very strong <laughs> <laughs> just just following orders right he's a, he's a soldier yes i mean there's a bomb with a ticking clock on it uh <laughs> yeah yeah if i'm ever in a situation where my boss puts me in a room with a bomb <laughs> and, and there's a ticking clock on it i got questions <laughs> you're not you're not blindly following orders no <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah, but okay. Suspension of disbelief, or maybe he's on a suicide mission. He believes in the cause, whatever it is. Um, the protagonist counters um, the Seder saying, When I'm done, life continues. He said, Well, not your sons. Uh, and Seder. What is When he said life continues, who's like, what life continues? Okay, so from his perspective, dropping the algorithm down into the well. Life will continue to a point, to the point where uh, the man in the future throws a switch, and then life inverts. Mm. So philosophically, life will continue, but at some point, until it, it will, it will, it will invert, and it will. But so, the timing of the algorithm is not clear because, like, I thought. You thought at that that moment, that's where I kind of got lost until we started doing this. I thought there was the dead man switch was the thing that was going to set the algorithm off. But, and that's why he's committing suicide. But he's just committing suicide because he wants to die a painless death and he has to erase the knowledge that he knows where the algorithm is. Hmm. That's why Volkov also has to die down there. Um, all right, I, I I don't think we can answer this. I, my my assumption is that like when he dies, it does trigger the algorithm. It like turns it on, and 
like the inversion of the universe happens. Like, I don't know how long it takes, but it starts at that point. In my next minute, I will cover the part where Seder says that a man in the future will trigger the algorithm. Okay. Or a person in the, in the future will trigger the algorithm. So his actions here are not triggering the algorithm. He's just burying it for the future people to know where it is. All right. Yeah. I, it, that, it, that took me a while to get to, too. <laughs> but if it's... <laughs> But his actions now could be seen immediately in the future, which could undo the world as we know it right now. Exactly. But it, but what Seder's saying is, but life still happened if you look at time globally. Yeah, that's like, this is this is another grandfather paradox. Yeah. It's, well, did life really happen if it was <laughs> gets erased? Well, technically it did happen. But it was erased from time. <laughs> That's a paradox within yeah. itself. That that circular thinking, looking at time as a flat circle, kind of thing. Right. Let's not let's not okay. go there. And then this is what sparks the theology uh, debate. Um, uh, Seder says, "My greatest sin was bringing a son into a world I knew was ending. Do you think God will forgive me?" Uh, and then we jump back into my own minute. That's a good line too, by the way. Yeah. I don't know. Did we cover this in the last uh, time? Because um, the protagonist says, uh, for killing your own son? No. And then Seder says, he should understand he killed his own. In the, I'm sorry. In the script, it says that. That's omitted from the movie. Yeah, that's not in the movie. But that's yeah. interesting. I can't remember if I brought that up. Uh, because it kind of borderline, it's in the script, it borderlines the two minutes. So it's hard to tell where it would have, um, it would have wound up. So he, he he's comparing himself to God, his son being Jesus, <laughs> sending his own son to die for our sins uh, and him leaving Max behind. To oh die my God. For... And then if, if Neil is Max, it's just, it's beautiful. And then Neil is... <laughs> Neil, and then it cuts Neil. right to, it actually does cut right to Neil. Um, if you're lining the script up, um, because right after, even on the script, it says it cuts over to Neil, who's honking the horn, yelling at the protagonist not to go in the cave. Oh, the cave where Jesus is buried. Oh, my God. Oh, oh damn it. We were watching a biblical tale. <laughs> <laughs> but that's omitted. A lot of that, that is omitted. So it's interesting that Seder would have Christian theological beliefs to the point where he says pretty profoundly, God sent his own son to die on earth. And Seder's God. And Seder sees himself as God. But then like he t- he negates it a little bit in later, in well, my later he, minute. He, he hedges his bet. Well, maybe. In a sense. <laughs> or something like, in a way. Is that, isn't that Pascal's wager uh, <laughs> where, he, where he's, he looks at theology critically? <clears throat> And Pascal's wager says that, like, well, if the if if Christian theology says that all you have to do is believe in God to go to heaven, uh, yeah, sure, <laughs> fine, I believe, <laughs> because the other option is internal damnation. I like the now now I'm getting I'm getting more bought into the 
you know, Neil being Max, Max being Neil, right? Because like <laughs> Neil gets he gets buried in the tomb, right? But then he rises oh. to save everyone out out. Holy the fuck, you're right. Because he does eventually his no, 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 wait. Fuck. Yes, yes, he dies. No, he's moving backwards. He never gets buried. Uh but Jesus's body wasn't in the tomb. Right. That's the when thing. they opened it, it was empty. Right. right because right. Jesus was inverted. Right. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. Hold on, hold on. I think I think I think you're wrong about that last part. Uh, prove me wrong. I'll, yeah, I'll see what I can do there. Uh, but no, I mean, I you know, I, I kind of I like the whole. I mean, there's a lot of holes here, right? I mean, just like the rest of this movie, there's a lot of holes here. But mm-hmm. like, if you if you if you remove all those holes, there's a lot of a lot of symbolism here. I don't know if it's intentional or if we're just finding it. Yeah, but there's reasons that exists in the screenplay that was published and not in the book. So it seems like something Nolan really wanted to include but was cut out. Yeah. Because if he... He wanted us to figure it out on our own. Yeah. He didn't want to spell it out for us. (laughs) Jesus, Neil. Jesus. Also, like, Neil and Max are named after famous physicists, right? Oh, really? Well, Which yeah, Niels, Niels Bohr, Max Planck. How? Oh, I, I mean, is I? I mean, I assume that's why they're named that way. Uh, I've I've seen the theory that it's Maximilian, and Neil is if you invert Maximilian, the first uh, five letters are Neil. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Christopher Nolan's really into physicists. Uh, uh, his next movie is about a physicist. <laughs> oh yeah, have you seen pictures? I've been putting some out on. I on haven't actually, but um, they've been putting out pictures of uh, Killian Murphy in black okay. and white. Uh, you know, smoking a cigarette. <laughs> oh, I think I've seen that with the hat. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I did see that. I've seen a comparison to the actual Oppenheimer. Okay, uh, who looks very very similar. Um, and I was wondering, is is the movie going to be in black and white? I'm trying because they put out a still of um, uh, who's the other guy, uh, Kenneth Branagh as well, and he's in black and white. Interesting. I have no idea. I don't know who's. I don't know who he's playing in the movie. Well, so much more to unwrap next week, but <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, with that, thank you all for listening to the Ten of Men podcast. If you've enjoyed this program, please take a moment to follow, rate, review on whatever platform or service you found us on today. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Tenet Men. Uh, and rest assured, we will continue our temporal pincer movement next week. Until then, we'll meet you at the beginning. I'll see you at the beginning, friends. <laughs>